Bad habits are everywhere. Drinking too much or eating too much or not eating the right food or even driving too fast. All of these things have negative long-term consequences. So on today's show, we're going to discuss some bad money habits and hopefully help you avoid some of the traps that a lot of people fall into. Let's jump in. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome into My Retirement Clarity. Glad to have you on the show today. And as you mentioned, Lee, we're going to be talking about bad money habits. It, I, I know a lot of people think, hey, if I can get to retirement, I'm crossing the finish line. But there's so many things you still have to do and manage to make sure you have a successful retirement, right? Yeah, there's still things that people some sometimes get wrong in retirement and that can have some negative impacts. And so hopefully on today's show, we'll try to give some tips to some people that may already either be in retirement, maybe we can help them keep from making some of the same mistakes that we see people make, or if they're not quite there, kind of give you a little heads up uh, of what some of the things that people fall into uh, once they do cross that finish line. So yeah, it should be a good show. Yeah, we'll go through 10 bad money habits. We want to make sure you don't spoil your retirement. And if you have questions, want to follow up with Lee, want to schedule a meeting with him, the best way to do that is talkwithlee.com, where you can always call 478 478- Two five four three five five zero. Everything else good around the office? Yeah, it is. We're uh, we actually did our first live workshop last week. Did a social security workshop at a the Howard Community Club here in Macon, and we had a lot of thunderstorms hmm. during that, so it kept some people away. Still had a really, really good crowd. So we're going to do an overflow of that uh, this week, and then we're going to do another one in in July. So we'll we'll have the. Um, the dates and, and registration information on our website for those. So we talk a lot of social security, but also a lot of taxes in that workshop. And what we're trying to do is help people get to a point to where they get their social security free from uh, federal income tax. So yeah, we got a lot of great feedback for on that. So we're going to do it again in July. Awesome. Just visit myretirementclarity.com to find out more information about that or to get in touch with Lee to find out when that next class is coming, if you want to be a part of that. All right, let's jump into bad money habits again. And we want to make sure we point these out to you so that you don't make these same mistakes and don't have these bad habits. If we can break them now, you'll be better off later on. So we're going to run through some, Lee, um, maybe some of the worst ones you've seen through the years and talk about the impact they have on someone's financial life. What about starting with ignoring account statements? Why is it important or why is it a bad habit if you're not paying attention to these things as they come in? Yeah, account statements can be a little bit of a challenge, but but really, I think in two different ways. It, it, certainly, it's not good to ignore your statements. I think you certainly need to be in the loop on, on what's going on in in your your accounts. But the, I run into people still that are, I mean, that are even clients of mine that that never actually open their account statements. Hmm. I think sort of at, at a minimum, you should open your your statements to kind of look at things at least every month. Um, and if that's too much for you, then do it every every two months. But but really, when I think about statements in today's world, I would say most, most of my clients receive their statements electronically, and they don't even open the email that that, that statement comes in. All they do really is look at it online. And so for a lot of people, this becomes a temptation because people – 
constantly log on and check it several, you know, two, three times a day. That's to me as unhealthy as not checking it, you know, every, every six months or so. So again, if you're somebody that doesn't look at your accounts online, I would say log in, check things out at least every month, maybe every two months, because you just, you need to know what's going on. Okay, good place to start. What about this being addicted to a rising stock market? And I guess probably just in general, being addicted to paying attention to the stock market is probably a bad habit, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and nobody wants to be addicted to a, a decreasing stock market either. But <laughs> no. but anyway, watching, you know, logging in, watching the, uh, you know, the the value continue to go up, it, that, that can be really addicting. I sort of compare that to to maybe watching something that you've listed on eBay if, if there's a lot of demand for it and you're constantly getting bids that are higher, you know, than the previous bid. That that can be a, a little hit of dopamine for us, and, and that's a powerful thing. And I think the same can be said for watching the stock market continue to go up, up, up. And so I think when this happens, sometimes we forget that it is really pretty natural for the stock market to go down. And then, it, but if we're used to it going up all the time, then somehow we're we're disappointed when it drops, and then we think we need to make a change. But that's not how it works. Uh, markets go up and they go down all the time, and that's normal. So, like I say on on this show, pretty pretty much every show, you want to have a, a, a an investment strategy that you can stick with in up markets and down markets, and know that they're both normal. All right, we're talking about some bad money habits. What about procrastinating financial decisions? Uh, this is a bad habit of probably any time you'd probably say, but why is it even bad in retirement? Yeah, so so putting off decisions that need to be made financially, that, that's not good for anybody because a lot of times this only complicates things further. And if it's an important decision, then what I think you need to do is quickly gather the information that you need to make a wise decision. And then I would tell you, you probably should get some some wise counsel from somebody that you know and trust. And then once you've you've done that, make a decision. And generally, if if you know if there is a decision that you've got to make, many times what you're trying to do is solve a problem. And in my opinion, the quicker you solve a problem, the better off you're gonna be because right behind it is gonna become you know, there'll be another problem that you got to be be ready for. And, I, and I'm not saying that you know, I'm, I'm not a gloom and doomer and, and life is all about solving problems, but life is about taking action when a, when a problem arrives. Yeah, all about taking action, not procrastinating, the key to making good decisions, at least making decisions, period. Uh, all right. Uh, fourth one here, pretending like the nursing home is something that other people are going to have to deal with, but not you. Yeah, th this one is 100% real, and I see this really all the time. The stats tell us that a little less than probably 10% of people have addressed long-term care with, with some type of long-term care insurance, or whether that's a traditional policy or, or something else. But it's really for the reason that you just said, Ben. Most people don't think it's going to happen to them, and this is it's simply not the case. And, and I've read stats before. I don't have them here in front of me today that – over 70% of us are going to need some type of custodial care at some point in our lives, but most people just don't address it. And so here's how I always think of it, and it's a comparison that I've made in some workshops that I've done in the past. How many of us would let our homeowner's insurance lapse really for one night? 
nobody's going to let that lapse because what's going to happen? Well, if we don't have insurance for that one night, our house is going to burn down and then, and then we got to come out of pocket for everything. So think about it from, from a fire standpoint. How many people do we know who've actually had their, their houses burned down? Yeah, you probably know a couple, but it's not many when it, you know, when you take into consideration everybody that you know. Right. Uh, but think about now all the people that you know who are having, whose health are declining as they just go through the natural process of aging. They're now trying to figure out how how they can pay for somebody to take care of them. So it really happens all the time. So I would encourage you to address this sooner than later. All right, let's continue on going through some bad habits that can spoil retirement. Again, if you have questions for Lee, you can always call 478-254-3550 or schedule a meeting directly by logging on to talkwithlee.com. All right, constantly hoping for good returns instead of taking action. I guess this kind of probably ties into procrastinating a little bit, right? But actually being active about your investments. Yeah, you're exactly right here. This this one really affects people that, that don't have any idea of how they're invested, whether that's in their their IRA that maybe they managed uh, or picked something years ago, or maybe it's in a four hundred one k at work and they didn't really know what they were they were doing. But what happens is they become comfortable with with the status quo, and, and keeping that strategy is easier than making the decision to hire a professional to work with. Uh, we we see this every once in a while with people, uh, and making a change is just it becomes too difficult of a decision for them to make. And so they just wind up keeping what they have. Uh, they, they know they need to make a change and they know there's a better way to invest and potentially get better returns, but they're, they're scared of change and they take no action. And, and Ben, I've met people probably five years ago and we went, took them through the process and know they need to make a change and, and they didn't move forward with us or, or with any firm for that matter. And then they'll reach back out to me again and they're in the exact same position and they've never made any adjustments to their strategy. And pretty much they're in the same spot that, that they were at in back, back then because they failed to take action. Well, let's, I guess, perfect time then, since we're talking about taking action, now's a great time to take that next step, right? And take advantage of your ticking tax time bomb book offer. It's a great thing that we offer free of charge here, just as a thank you for listening to the podcast. Correct. Yeah. We've been doing this for maybe two years now. Um, if, if you are of the opinion that taxes are going to increase in the future, which, you know, the workshop that I did last week, I polled the crowd and not a single person thinks that taxes are going to go down in the future. So if you think taxes are going up in the future, this book is a great way for you to learn about things that you can take action on. So if you want a copy of it, text the word DEFUSE, D-E-F-U-S-E, to 478-475-2050. Put in your your name at a good mailing address, and we'll send it out to you free of charge. We'll, We'll even take care of the shipping. Very good. Take advantage of that if you haven't. We got some good feedback on that. It's been very helpful for a lot of people. So we hope you'll take advantage as well. All right. Here's a bad habit that you need to break now if you're if you're doing it, but especially in retirement. But that's investing emotionally rather than doing so strategically. Yeah. Emotions, in my opinion, are the number one cause of poor returns for the average investor. Um, if we could take in emotions out of investing, it, it would be way easier for people. But that's not how it works because we are emotional people. We're, we're humans. Uh, we get caught up in the news of the day and, and our emotions take over. 
And that's what leads us to make poor decisions. Um, I, I'm getting better at spotting an emotional investor early on when, when they're onboarded into, into our firm. And so that, that sort of changes how I educate them when they first come on board. But candidly, you know, it, some, for some people, it doesn't really matter what I tell these people. A lot of times they just can't help themselves. And, and if there's a little bit of bad news in the world, um, they start to question things and they want to bail and, and put all their money in cash until they start feeling better about things. And so the problem with this strategy is, is they've gambled on when they need to go and sit on the sideline. So they guessed what they're trying to do is time the market, which doesn't work. But now what they have to do is try to time when to get back in. And it's, it is impossible to do this correctly on a consistent basis. It just doesn't work. So again, going back to the point uh, a couple of points ago that we talked about, you want to create a strategy that works for you in both up, up markets and down markets. And so you don't worry about it. I don't, I don't want any of my clients worrying about the stock market. I want them worrying about how they can have the absolute best retirement that they can have and, and let, let us worry about accounts in the stock market. All right. When we talk about bad habits too, this next one I think is, a, is a, such an important one. Living beyond your means. That's sure that's something that people do while they're working. But I guess you probably have a little, little bit of a back, uh, a little bit of a uh, help if you if you do do that during during working years because you have a paycheck coming in. But if you're still living beyond your means in retiremently, it's gonna be much tougher to make that money up. Yeah, it really is. And and I don't honestly, I don't see a lot of of this in my client base since you know, most are retired and we kind of set up an income plan and most people know to stick to it. But I, I have had to have the conversation with several clients throughout the years. It just says, Hey, we probably need to, to dial back things a little bit because your, your, your expenses are, and it's not really their living expenses have in, increased. It's just, they're doing more things in retirement and maybe some of the some of those expenses are slipping up on them and, and they don't really know about it. So we've had to have that conversation. But this is really a, a really big thing for people in their 30s and 40s and maybe even early 50s. And and it's it's really easy, Ben, to get caught up in trying to keep up with others. And, you know, all, all of a sudden you wake up and find yourself going backwards every month. And that's that's definitely not a good place to be. So remember, like you said, while you're working, it's really no different than when when you're retired. It's all about income versus expenses. And so the breaking news here, that this is the, the news <laughs> nugget that I have, the financial right. nugget that I have, is you got to have less going out than you have coming in. Because if you don't, um, you're going to wind up with some problems. Yeah, it's great advice and a great nugget to kind of carry with you. And, it, and this kind of takes me into my next habit I wanted to mention to you. And that's pulling money out of your emergency fund when you're doing so for things that aren't actually emergencies. And we can justify a lot of things in our mind, can't we, Lee? Man, I've justified a bunch of purchases, and all you have to do is ask my wife, and she, <laughs> she can tell you how I justify this. So this is why I, I recommend that people have at least two savings accounts, one being strictly for emergencies. Uh, an emergency is a you know a transmission going out or, or a leaky roof or that might not be covered by insurance or maybe an air conditioning unit. Uh, and, and I think for some people, it could even be uh, medical expenses that, that they didn't plan on. But I think there need to be, you know, really needs to be a second savings account. And I refer to this as a, a trip or a stuff fund. Uh, I wish I had a, a more professional sounding name for that. But that's, <laughs> that's what I call this fund. Um, a, a bathroom remodel is not an emergency. A, a new sofa is not an emergency. 
and a last minute trip to Hawaii is not an emergency. So plan, you know, to put some money aside for trips and stuff. And, and really how much goes into each one of these accounts is completely up to you. There's a lot of debate on how much money you should have in an emergency fund. And, and it really depends on how complicated your, your life is. But generally, I would say six to nine months of living expenses should go in your emergency fund. Um, the trip or stuff fund, this is going to be a completely different, completely different for different people, uh, depending on their, you know, what their big dreams and ideas are. I've got people that have $5,000 in this account and I've got others that have twenty five dollars or $50,000 in this account. So uh, again, the important thing is to separate these funds, have two separate accounts and know what they're there to be used for. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050 and we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right, just a couple more bad money habits we want to point out to you. Uh, Number nine on our list here, inadequately diversifying your portfolio. We talk about diversification being the key throughout life, but uh, it's even important in retirement, right? Yeah, it is. And I'm going to go a little bit different direction here, Ben, because I I think people hear the word diversification in a portfolio and 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 people just sort of roll their eyes and like yeah yeah i i get it we need to have a variety of different investments um but what i'm talking about is being tax diversified uh you know again from an account tax status standpoint um unfortunately what we see is people have 85 to 90 percent of their money in a qualified retirement plan like a an IRA or a 401k of, of a 403b or even a TSP. Uh, so a majority of their money is in that retirement plan. Uh, they might have another 10% or so in a non-retirement account, which is, you know, some people call this a, a brokerage account, but is a non-qualified account. And and then maybe people have 5 or 10% in a Roth IRA. So if, if this sounds like you, this sounds like how your money is allocated, then you're, I'll, I'll tell you, you're pretty much in the norm. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily good because I would rather see you have way more money in a tax-free bucket like like the Roth IRA. And so this is a uh, you know why I'm a, a really big proponent and an advocate of tax planning, and and we try to help our clients get as much money into the tax-free status. You know while the tax rates are low, like we talked about earlier, I think taxes are going to you know they're going to increase in the future. Uh, based on the spending of our government. But but remember this, taxes will increase on January 1st, 2026, unless Congress decides to extend the Trump tax cut. So we know it's coming. We know tax increases are coming. Uh, and I say this almost every show. Uh, so you got two and a half years under the current rates, but you know most people still sort of ignore that, that news um, and, and they 
kick the can down the road and don't do tax planning. If you're not doing tax planning, if you're a listener to the show and you haven't figured out a way to start getting money from your tax-deferred accounts to your tax-free accounts, the clock is ticking. clock is ticking. Yeah, and hopefully most people that listen to the podcast know this because we stress it quite a bit. And if you're just a first-time listener or just listening early and a couple of uh, episodes in and haven't heard that message rammed home, hopefully this will be a reminder for that. Yeah, again, if, if somebody hadn't heard that message, then, man, I, I don't think they've listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, a reminder to take advantage of that book just by texting Diffuse, the 478-475-2050. Yep. All right. Last thing, Lee, uh, avoiding professional advice because it's going to save you some money in retirement. Probably not a good habit to have. Yeah. And, and this is a real thing, too. We see it pretty frequently that there are people out there who are just never going to pay for advice. Uh, some For some people, it's a little bit of a, a pride thing. Some people, for some, it's it, maybe maybe they're cheap or they don't see the value in it. Uh, a lot of people think they can do it on their own and, and they may for a little while. But in my experience, when things get complicated, they, they've got to decide if it's, you know, if it's worth them trying to figure things out on their own um, or, or do they need to hire somebody. So, again, the, the, the problem with this whole line of thinking of being a self-doer is most people are under the misconception that all they've got to do is manage their account. It's pretty easy. You know, you got your funds and you just... Because people have trained, have been trained over their career while they got money in the 401k. All I got to do is allocate money into these buckets and everything's going to be fine. But there's so much more to financial planning than just managing the account. There's, there's income planning. You know, how do you draw income? Where does it come from? How do you coordinate social security? Uh, tax planning, of course, that we've talked about a lot on the show. Healthcare planning, which is, you know, some of the, um, and not necessarily just health insurance, but long-term care thing that we addressed earlier. And then, of course, estate planning. You know, how do you get, make sure your, your, your spouse is taken care of when you pass away? Or how do you make sure your kids become your bene- biggest beneficiary and not the, not the IRS? So those things are on top of investment planning. So if, if you're only doing your own investment planning or if you have an advisor and that's all they're doing for you, then you're missing out on a majority of the work that should be done on your behalf. No question. Well, these are just some of the bad habits we want to point out to you today. Make sure you avoid these at all costs. If you you have these habits already kind of built in to your day-to-day, now is the time to take some steps towards breaking them. And if you need help doing that, that's also what Lee's there for. Someone like Lee can help you out and make sure you aren't uh, stuck in these bad habits into retirement. If you want to talk with him, all you have to do is go to talkwithlee.com. Book your appointment to your meeting there with him straight through the website. Or you can also call 478-254-3550. Got a couple of mailbag questions to dive into with you, Lee, before we get out of here today. First one comes in from Catherine in Destin, Florida, on the beautiful Gulf Coast. She says, should I give some money to my kids and grandkids while I'm still alive or just let them inherit everything when I die? I'd like to see them enjoy it while I'm still around, but I'm willing to wait and give it to them as an inheritance if that's a better idea. Good question, Catherine. Before I answer it, Catherine, I want to ask you, did you see the bear on the beach oh, man, I saw that. At, at Destin <laughs> over over the, I guess it was one day last week. It was That's really wild. cool. If you hadn't seen it, you can just Google uh, or you can do a YouTube search to see the the bear on the beach. I've got a buddy of mine that lives there, and he said that's all people are talking about. So <laughs> pretty crazy to see a, a bear on the beach. But uh, anyway, great question. I, I like your line of thinking um, of being able to see them enjoy the money while you're still alive. And I think a lot 
more people are are choosing this route rather than just leaving you know leaving their kids or grandkids with a bunch of money. Um, you, you can certainly right now the gift tax, the annual exclusion is seventeen thousand dollars. So you can you can give that each year, and of course you want to talk to your tax professional and find out what makes sense for you and your situation. But yes, Catherine, I'm a big fan of of giving money while you can see somebody uh, enjoy it while you're, while you're still alive. They'll appreciate it when you're gone, of course, but you want to be able to enjoy it too. No doubt. Thanks for that question, Catherine, and watch out for bears on the beach. Yes. Who thought I'd be saying that? All right, uh, All right. One more question from Christine and Warner Robbins. I guess I should have known better, but for some reason I was under the impression that I wouldn't have to pay taxes on my social security benefits but now I know better. Uh, it seems like, but it seems like some people pay more than others. So how does it actually work? Yeah. So depending on what your modified adjusted gross income is, uh, once you, once you start drawing Social Security, up to eighty five percent of your Social Security income could wind up showing up on your tax return. So it's for on the two thousand twenty two ten forty. If you look at line. 6A, you will see the amount of your Social Security on line 6B. You will see the amount that is taxable. So if you do tax planning, like we encourage people to do, uh, it's possible that, you know, if, if you, we try to take people through our tax planning process, which is anywhere from five to seven year process of trying to convert funds over to a tax-free environment, then uh, then you can possibly receive that, that Social Security benefit federally income tax-free. So it's one of the things that we talk about uh, at our Social Security workshop. And again, we're going to do a, another one in July. I think it's going to be July the 11th. Don't quote me on that date, but you can go to our website and find out more information on it. Christine would love to have you attend if if you can. Yeah, great time to to mention that um, class for that seminar, I guess you have there, Lee. So, so important to get a, a hold on Social Security. So many people you know, struggle with it. It can be confusing. We don't get a ton of information. We don't prepare for it a lot of times before it rolls around. So that's a great question from Christine and a good time to remind you of that. Again, if you want to find out all the information on what Lee's got going on, you can always do so at myretirementclarity.com. But if you just want to schedule a meeting, the easiest way to do that is talkwithlee.com. And again, one more time, Lee, that book offer before we get out of here. Do you want a copy of our tax book uh, called Diffuse? We're helping you prepare for increasing taxes in the future. Just text the word DIFFUSE to 478-475-2050 and we'll send you a copy. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of My Retirement Clarity. For Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor over at JL Perkins Wealth Management, I am Ben George. Have a good week. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, Go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm. But if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, 
I'll let you know, and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show, and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.